0: My name's Dom, and I play guitar in Larkins. My name's Joe, and I play the drums. And we are listening to Studio One.
1: To start, uh, my name is Trevor Osmond. I have a platform called Studio One. Uh, yeah. It's a platform for the city of Toronto. It's where I interview international artists like yourselves, and I interview local artists as well. Kind of like a space where people in Toronto can have like a platform of our own. There's not a lot of, too many platforms in the city. So to start, can you guys introduce yourselves just briefly? Uh, I'm Dom, and I play guitar in Larkins. I'm Joe, and I'm the drummer of Larkins. Amazing. So, first question, um, what was it like growing up in England, and what was the early music that you individually kind of, like, went towards? Like, genres or what kind of say you off? You can go first.
0: England's quite a weird place, to be honest. It's quite, like, trapped in its own little bubble. Everyone's got this, like weird English pride going on. It's quite odd, to be honest, uh, especially at the minute. Um, We, like, me and Josh Leedsinger grew up in this tiny little town called Glossop, which is just outside Manchester, and that is very, like, there's no, it's not multicultural at all. It's, like, very, very white, very conservative town. So it was very, like, you, growing up, you're sort of trapped in this sort of little odd bubble, and you don't really know what's going on outside. And then we kind of hated it and then so we moved to Manchester when we were 16 went to college there um and like we were just sort of introduced to this mad like music scene and like like amazing like different cultures different people just different ways of life and it was amazing and like i think that's what england is to us like that's where we knock about is like the the cities that just sort of have so much going on and it's so vibrant and so interesting and so, so different. So I think England is really good for that, Like, especially London and Manchester is amazing for that. Um, and then, sort of music wise, uh, it was just England's, just, you know, English music's just mad, is it? Like, there's so much going on from the Beatles, the Stones to like Oasis. It's like you just have movements there and it's just crazy. It's just people love it. Every year as well. Yeah, growing
1: up in
2: England was uh, quite weird experience to start with as like i came uh, similar to josh and dom came from a little small town where nothing really happened it was very all isolated and then kind of got to an age where i just couldn't see myself living there much longer and i was like i want more i want more experiences uh, and all that stuff so then i moved to manchester as well which is where i met these guys uh, and just growing up in manchester then from right around the age of 18 was Mad, uh, just the like the atmosphere around Manchester, the clubs there, the music scene there it was just insane, and I think really grew as a person after moving there. Uh, music-wise, started playing drums when I was only about uh, seven or eight, uh, and first band I really got into was Led Zeppelin. Like, um, I remember I heard it put it was got put on in the car on like a drive to school or something like that. And I heard John Bonham play and I was just like, yeah, I think I want to play drums because this guy, this guy's insane. And then just kind of stuck down the classic rock route a lot more and then kind of transitioned into the more pop side of things.
1: And for you guys as well, growing up and going to school, at what point, because for a lot of artists, you know, you go to school, you love making music. At what point did you guys see yourselves really pursuing music? When it, was it when you guys came together or did you have your individual pursuits of I think I really want to do this? I think, especially for me growing up, everyone's always like,
0: well you can't really do that as a job, so what do you want to do? You know, whatever sort of level of education I was that it would be like, oh you, you're really good at guitar, but what are you going to do as a job? What do you want to do? What what are you into? And I'd be like, maybe I go, well, it puts it in the back of your mind. It puts, gives you a bit of doubt because you're always like, well, I just love playing guitar. So, but you feel like a bit of an idiot to tell someone, like, that's what I want to do as a job. So you're like, oh maybe I like English or like doing this, I like doing that, I like maths I like science. And you sort of push yourself away from it a bit because the common thing to do is not to go and be a rock star. Do you know what I mean? You can't really say that to your dad. Like, I'm going to be a rock star dad because he's like, come on, what do you want to do? So and like I remember, I remember really, really vividly, like in college when they're supposed to like push you and give you, show you like the options of what you can do with your life. And I remember being a speech in music tech. This guy came in. He was like, "Just don't go into the music industry. Like, you know, it's you, there's no money in it. It's so hard to get to the point. Like, and and when you do get to that point, you won't earn a lot unless you like Ed Sheeran." I remember it proper like pushed me away from it. That So I did linguistics at university. And I think that when I did that and I made such a big life choice not to do music, that's when I realized I've got to do music, I yeah. think. When I was like 18, 19 years old and I was doing a degree and spending like nine grand a year doing something that I hated. And I was like, I don't want to do this at all. And yeah, I'd love to say that. So I left uni and I went for it, but I finished uni still, but I just never went in. (laughs) and, uh, And yeah, I think that was when, at that point of the band, we were about two years in and I was getting like a two hour, two and a half hour coach back every weekend to come and do like, to do the band. And we were all spending so much money of our own money to do it. And it was such an expensive hobby at the time. And, but it was just all we wanted to do at that point. I think, yeah, for sure. Like when you, when we got to that point where we needed to pick what job we wanted to do i think
2: that's when it was it's probably a bit different for yeah
1: how was how's the way you saw it?
2: uh well i mean I, it was kind of the only thing i was very good at uh kind of growing up i wasn't very academic in the sense of uh school and stuff like that uh but i kind of found my place behind a drum kit, and that's where i kind of just like i can't remember what it was i think i went and watched oh who was it I know you you might laugh, but I went and saw the Kaiser Chiefs Mm. Uh, and I wasn't even a massive fan at the time, but I just saw them on stage and just went, I want to do that. And from that kind of point, I I didn't really let anything stand in my way. I was like, I'm going to do this one way or another, whether it's uh, in my own band or playing for someone else. And then went to uni, studied music and did all that stuff and then met these guys along the way and then now I'm lucky enough to say that I'm doing it with my own music rather than necessarily having to play for other people. But yeah, I never saw uh, saw anything else as a second option. I was like, I'm going to do this one way or another. That was kind of it.
1: And now when you guys came together as a band, I'm sure the early songs, you know, there's probably stories of it not being that great, but learning the way it is. At what point as a band did you kind of get the sense like, we figured it out as a group. Like, are there songs that you made where you where you can look back and say, "That's like what we were kind of pushing towards," or how was the early beginning?
0: I think that
1: like we were
0: a terrible band for a good two, three years, but we always thought we were absolute like bomb. We thought we were amazing from like day one. We were like, I'll, we were listening. Me and Josh were listening back to demos the other day. Like not demos, but like original releases, like early stuff that we did in like the college studio. And we were listening to it, and I remember we were thinking, what is this? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. awful, and um, it just sounds so bad. But at the time, we were like, how is Radio One not getting, not playing this? Like, what are we doing wrong? Because we you just, we've always had this such weird sense of like almost arrogant self-confidence that you know we're class yeah. It's and i think even from the beginning we had that confidence even when we were rubbish which helped us a lot really because we yeah it's important we sold it so much to ourselves that you can sell it to other people do you know what i mean yeah and i think it got to a point especially at the beginning we were we were trying to emulate a lot of different bands which never works and um I think it got to a point where we just went with a song called Something Beautiful where we just sack it off. We we're just gonna do a pop song. You know, we're not the Arctic monkeys, we don't we're not heavy, we're not a Manchester band really, we don't sound like that. Let's just do something natural that we wanna do. So we wrote this song called Something Beautiful, uh and recorded it. Um in London for the first time. And like it just it just went off and it because it was us really, like that was the first time we ever went you know, we're a pop band, you know, we're, we're cool, we play our own instruments, we write our own tunes, but we're not really, we're unashamed to be a little, you know, we like pop music, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And kind of to add to that, so from figuring yourselves out and making songs and stuff like that, um, can you talk about the first EP and when things translated and you started doing shows, how are your shows and really understanding how to like perform for a crowd?
2: Well, uh, like, on the song side of things, I mean, I uh, I joined a little bit later than uh, when the band officially started. So my first, like, kind of songwriting experience with the rest of them was Something Beautiful. That was the first track I played on, first track I'd helped kind of write. And then I had no issue at all uh, with the whole unashamed pop side of things. I was like, yeah, I'm cool to do this, this sounds... Kind of a little bit of me and then when we translate that to live we, um, we try and differ in the sense of we don't want to just sound like we do on Spotify we don't want to just sound like a track so we add different kind of live elements maybe we I, I think we sound a little bit heavier live than we do on recordings uh, which I don't think is a bad thing um, and we definitely bring it up with our energy like we view every show as the biggest show of our lives no matter how many people are there, no matter how many, like, what, what the size of the venue is, it's um, very much we're gonna come out and we're gonna play the best we possibly can, and we're gonna blow your socks off no matter what. That's kind of like, that's the way we view it, I think.
1: And with the EP that you guys just released, it's, I think, a proper introduction, I think. Uh, I read, like, you guys say that this EP is, like, a nice step forward. Can you talk to me about this new EP? Uh, the new EP, it's an interesting one because. Um, the, I think the first track on it, "Hit and Run,"
0: which is the last one we released, um, has been a track for a good four or five years. I think that was one of the first tracks we ever released, and um, we completely reworked it, like for this, for what Larkins is, because we've sacked a lot of tracks off in our time. Every show, we're like, "Why don't you play this one anymore?" And like, there's a lot of tracks that just aren't aren't us at all and like we don't have a good relationship with those tracks but Hit and Run's always been in the set and it's kind of always been a constant throughout our career as a band and throughout the changes we've made like it's always been in the set and it's changed with us it's quite interesting so we wanted to put like the way Larkin's play it now on like out into the world because we thought it deserved it so that one was like four years old and then the other Three tracks on it, like it just is so different. It gives such a interesting glimpse, I think, into what Larkins is as a circle. It shows all the possibilities of Larkins. You know, you've got Make You Better, which is this slow Bon like very vocal-led track where it's all synths. Like, there's not. I don't think there's. I think there might be one acoustic on it, but there's not really live instruments on it. Then you've got Pieces, which is ultra live and very drum-led. And, uh, and bass led, like it's, it's so different to make you better and so different to hit and run. And then you got Flood, which is like very political in the lyrics and it's very LA. It was written in, um, written in London by, with a guy called Dan Nigro and then recorded out in LA. So it's got such different sounds like hit and run especially. So I think it just shows all four corners of what Larkins can be and what Larkins will be in the future going forward, especially for bigger releases like an album or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: An interesting thing that I read that's tied with music but um, on its own is the importance of clothing and how you guys are really into fashion and when it comes to like making merch, it's very important. Uh, can you touch upon that importance?
2: Well, we like to see ourselves as quite a style like style based band. Like we all we all like to have uh, one tailored item of clothing when we play. Like uh, so, it's not like super super smart. Like you go suits and stuff, uh, but we want to look kind of like that weird, smart, casual vibe, Uh, but also sometimes a little bit out there. Like Henry, when he plays live, wears really wacky pants. Uh, And then he's got his hair dyed and then plays topless. And we all kind of have our individual styles, but then it all kind of comes together quite cohesively. Uh, And then when we were coming up with animals in costume, we were sick of like kind of bands releasing merch that was kind of quite cheaply made and all it really had on was like the band logo or the band name um and we wanted to make it a little bit more of a, a fashion item and we saw it as we kind of looked at it as would we wear that and then once we got to that we were like yeah that's cool now and it's not just uh it kind of we tried to move it away from necessarily banned merchandise and trying to keep it as like actually this is a fashion item you now, this is a fashion product rather than just a t-shirt that says larkins so I think we evolved with that, which I think um, Josh headed that quite a lot, which was
0: really cool. I think just, just to follow on from that, like I think we saw the way like Tyler was doing it and then Bieber was doing it with Drew, his label. Billy Eilish does it with Blosh. And uh, we wanted to do something similar to that. But then like the eco friendliness of it and the ethical um, part of it was so, so important to us, especially in today's climate. So that was a massive part of when we were going up with animals in costume to make sure everything was ethical and environmentally friendly and uh was just was even if it meant us spending a little bit more like it costs us a lot to to you know buy it but we wanted just to make make everything like. We wanted to push it forward a little bit so because a lot of bands our size like well we can't afford to buy t-shirts for over two pound each but they're selling them at twenty pound each you know what I mean so if we've got to spend a bit more in the short term then you know that's what we wanted to do because I think it's so important for bands our size at a grassroots level to be making that change I think that was really really vital for us
1: now I know you guys might release another EP before the potential of a debut album but on the note of a debut album uh as artists releasing that type of record it's there's a specialty to it because it's like the first time that you're releasing an album so can you guys individually talk about what you guys have i guess dreamt of as a debut album individually and how important it is for you individually with the idea of a debut album
0: i think the debut is so so important and we don't want to bring it out prematurely but at the same time, we don't want to leave it too long. So it's just finding that sweet spot. I think we what we don't want to do is just we want to stay up like fairly clear of just putting a load of singles on an album and just having that out. Do you know what I mean? We want it to have some kind of meaning and some kind of concept to it and flow because we've, it's always so important in Larkin's like sets live um, that it has a good flow to it and it feels natural. It's not just one song after another, whether it's with the lights and what we're wearing and the way we move on stage and how each song transitions into one another. It's super, super important that it's one like beautiful, like flowing piece. So I think that's going to be a big part of making the album. I think it's going to be really hard because everyone pushes you to just put out an album of singles. and. But we're gonna, you know, try our best to make it just flow and like be as beautiful as possible. Something that we can really be, you know, proud of.
1: For you as
2: well. Yeah, pretty much. What Dom said. Like, we, you only get, you have one shot at your debut album. It's not like you can have like two or three attempts at it, at different projects. It's, you get that one, that one shot, and it has to be perfect, and it has to be exactly what you want it to be. And bands have done it before where debut albums flopped and then after that they get dropped and it's quite a scary aspect uh, so we're waiting for that prime opportunity to release it where the fans are like demanding it they're like we really want an album now we really want an album uh, so maybe back end of this year probably ne- more likely next year that we're going to drop an album which is going to be really exciting but we're not going to just release it for the sake of releasing an album we want it to be perfect in every way uh and you know the whole concept thing i think is very important to us we don't want it just to be a bunch of songs we want it to be like a full body of work that has a journey
1: when you listen to the whole album from start to finish and i know you guys are currently in toronto how important is it well it's probably massively important to i don't want to understate it um going from england and breaking into america or canada because yeah. um, i'm sure for toronto artists like when we see our own go to across the border it's incredible for us yeah. so how is it for you guys to be in toronto uh right now and breaking into different markets
0: i think like north america especially is just the biggest market in the world so it's pretty daunting really because it's just so big it's beyond anything that you know we, we've that you can imagine in the UK. Like UK, although it's so big, it's just, you know, everywhere's a, a five hour car journey away. Do you know what I mean? Wherever you are, you can get there in five hours. So it's so daunting and so like, you need to be so on it with planes and how you get to places and how you buy things and how like, even down to like power, it's, it's just completely different. Like the power to plug in all our gear is just completely different. And uh, it's just, it's mad. It's so weird when you like arrive there on the plane and like the first night I was just looking out the window like I'm in Canada, it's just so weird to think that I'm just playing guitar in Canada. Like it's mental. So I just think it's really like, it's quite overwhelming at times. It's easy to get lost in it, but it's just mad it's very humbling really because not a lot of bands get to do this not a lot of people people get to do it you know what i mean it's, it's really special and, you know we're really grateful like we've been given a lot of really good opportunities and it's going well so you know
2: yeah definitely man. i think if you can uh, i mean there's that whole term that people say in the industry it's like oh you've got to break america i think it's a very daunting task because just of the sheer size of the place but we're just trying to slowly. I mean, the reason we're out here at the minute is just to try and get our foot in the door uh, in some way, just to really start building relations and building a fan base over here. And we know it's not going to happen overnight, uh, but just to be uh, even to be given the opportunity to be here now is quite a big honour, and we're really excited to be here. Yeah, it's pretty
1: cool. Man. I think for me, like I, I know it's important uh, to break in other markets, but there's like one thing that like stands out uh, for in the film Bohemian Rhapsody* when Freddie is told, "Oh, we're breaking in the states." Like you can see, like the facial reaction of like how big it is. So it's always an interesting perspective to get. On on that note, um, for the rest of uh, this year, uh, how do you guys, I guess, would like to see things panning out? And on that note too, I know you guys have been doing it for. Uh, relatively few years or a couple of years how much growth have you guys seen in yourselves and what would you like going forward um
0: uh i think for the next year like we just want to play so many shows we always want to be gigging it's what we love and it helps so much more than like anyone can ever understand in the recording process and like the writing process because once you've If you have a new song and you play it live, you just know instantly whether it's, you know, it's going to be good recorded. Do you know what I mean? And you know where maybe that needs to change, maybe that needs to change. Um, So I think gigging wise, like we're just going to be playing so many shows for the next year unless coronavirus stops us. (laughs) Um, And then sort of growth wise, this last year has been just insane. It's just gone up tenfold. it's mental. I think we, we got to be signed a record deal last, uh, not last September, the September before, so about a year and a half being signed and it's just been unreal. It's been an absolute ride, so we're really excited. We're absolutely buzzing just to be over here. We're, we've got a UK tour in April. Our biggest shows yet, Manchester Academy, which is like two and a half thousand people. And it's just, and then we'll be back in America over summer
2: and like festivals. It's just mad. It's absolutely mental, man.
1: So. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's such a crazy concept. that Even if you look back to maybe six months ago, the shows we were playing then, and then the shows have got lined up now, it's just... It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, sometimes you just, you, you just sit back and go, oh, OK, this is... Uh, this, is real. this is real. This is happening. Like, uh, with the Manchester show, it's our biggest ever show from 2,500 people in our hometown. And even if you backdate that, uh, a year or two ago, we were playing maybe to 500 people. So that kind of that increase has kind of blown us away a little bit. And then, like with singles getting on radio and a couple of TV shows and stuff like that, it's just crazy. And then, as I said earlier, just to, just to be here is pretty surreal. Sometimes, like, you sit back and go, wow, this
1: is actually happening, which is pretty mental. That is really cool. Um, again, uh, my name is Phil Osmond, uh, Studio One. It's absolute pleasure. And, uh, yeah, um, these are, like, the special moments, like, where you're at right now, where it's, like, things are moving so fast. So um, I would just say, like, appreciate the moment. And you're in Canada. It's incredible. And I'm a fan of your music before, before even the journalism side of it all. So... Yeah, it's, seeing you guys grow is incredible. Uh, good luck with the show tonight, nice. and uh, I'll try to come in as well. So, pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have the coolest name of any interview <laughs> <ever. laughs> Real Osman. Yeah, man. Studio One.